Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast, a show by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. My name is Jack Murley. I am a professional broadcaster. Alongside me each and every week, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett to cast our eyes over everything happening inside and outside the ring. The heat has returned to the UK, Charlie. It's already sweltering and it's barely gone eight o'clock. Yeah, not a fan. I thought I thought we'd done our heat wave. We, we never get two heat waves in the UK, and I saw what's going on. How's this affecting your training? I mean, obviously, professionally, it, it happens when it happens, but are you having to do early morning sessions to get out of the heat? Um, so last time it happened a few weeks ago, they tried to adapt training, like, oh, we'll, we'll look after this. And now they're like, we haven't got time. It's two weeks till our first game. Just crack on, lads. <laughs> so like, tough luck, like, boys. Deal with the weather. Doing full contact at 32 degrees last night was interesting. It's ridiculous. We've got a little, um, our thermostat thing is in our upstairs bedroom and one downstairs. It was 26 and a half degrees at half past 10 last night. And I'm I'm a smaller lad than you. I'm not built for it. I don't know how you're managing. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Someone, someone, someone over there saying, no, I'm the one not built for it. I was going to say, for those who are new listeners to the podcast, that is the voice of Otto, Charlie's uh, at one point puppy, now an absolute whopper of a young man dog. How's, how's Otto dealing with the heat? He's doing all right. He's now sniffing the laptop. I think he's coming over. We've been out early this morning, so I think he's coming to nap over here. But we've just got to make sure he doesn't chew the wires, which is always fun. Well, you it- okay? Here you go. <laughs> Any barks, growls, clawing, or otherwise you hear on this show, you will know is not from me and Charlie, but from Otto. But what a show and what a week. Wrestling continues just to be a little bit bonkers. A week of title defences, stellar promos, and surprise returns in both WWE and AEW. We'll start with SmackDown last week, a Friday night ending that none of us could have seen coming. The return of Karrion Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux to WWE, inserting themselves into the title picture with an attack on Drew McIntyre. Wow. Yes, not what I had on my bingo card for talking about this week. Um massive shock he was only released from the company what was it um three months ago i think so yeah we were, we, we were talking about how shocked we were at the time because anyone who seemed to be in the know in wwe seemed to think that he was on the uh on the motorway the highway to stardom but great to see him back love the surprise um and yes yeah, straight into the title pitch which is very interesting not only is he back but in the way in which he's back straight into the title picture. We can't forget that when he was released, he was wearing that weird sort of Roman helmet, that BDSM gear. It was not the Carrion Cross we saw return on Friday night. No, this looks like the killer, the badass Carrion Cross. But I'm going to say, I don't like him with hair. <laughs> Is that just That's envy, weird. Charlie? Is that just envy? Well, maybe it's envy, but I just don't think he looks as scary, genuinely. Genuinely, I don't think he looks as intimidating with hair. It's It's... Carrion Cross is an odd one because I never fully bought into the Carrion Cross character in NXT. He wasn't one of my favourites when it came to the black and gold brand. I was, you know, huge on Adam Cole, huge on Gargano, DIY. Carrion Cross, I wasn't as up on, but he was a huge part of that brand's success. Yeah, I'd agree. Everyone knows NXT was my favourite. He he was probably towards the end of my favourite time in NXT. Like you say, the Coles, Garganos, Champers. Um, of the the blacks of this world were more my bag, but I did enjoy him. His presentation in NXT was superb. Scarlet makes him a superstar. They, I always love when real life 
um, couples are presented as that way in MWE as well. And obviously that's what it is with them being husband and wife. So I'm really excited. It's, it's just another bit of fresh energy into WWE at the moment, which there seems to be loads of, which is really exciting. But it will be very, very interesting to see how they manage him in the title picture. Like, is he going to be waiting for whoever wins at Clash? Are they going to make it a triple threat at Clash? Because is a triple threat, I think I saw you tweet this this week or you text me this, I'm not sure. Is a triple threat the way you get the title off, Roman, of you don't have him pinned? Is that how you do it? Well, let's go back to, to that Friday night because clearly he has gone right towards the top of the card. And yes, he attacked Drew, but he also put that egg timer on the edge of the ring apron. Can we have a moment for just how daft it is that someone as threatening and evil as Karrion Cross is using an egg timer that you would use, I don't know, to, to signal the end of a go in a board game to threaten people? I'd love him to go. Like, it, like there's some uh, secret story that Roman actually loves poached eggs. And Karrion Cross is like, <laughs> there's poached eggs in the back. If this gets done, they're burnt. And he's like sprinting back there to get his poached eggs <laughs> off the boil. It's very strange that they've got that. But yeah, I, so what, I, what I've seen floated about is here's what you do. You have a triple threat in Cardiff and you have it two out of three falls. So Roman loses the WWE Championship in the first fall without being pinned and then retains in the second fall. You do it somehow like that. And usually that's so convoluted. You go, I don't know. I don't know. But they, we've been saying for ages, they need to separate these belts out. And that's not a bad way to do it. So would you have Roman pin Carrion for the WWE title and then Roman pin, sorry, yeah, Drew pin Carrion for the WWE and then Roman pin one of them for the Universal? No, I would have Carrion pin Drew for the WWE Championship and I would have Roman pin Drew, who's been weakened by Carrion, for the Universal Championship. So Roman makes a pinfall to retain that title. Carrion then goes to Monday Night Raw and is a fresh burst of air and energy on that on that show, which I think it, it is getting and it needs. But it's a quite clever way to do it. I don't I don't know if they'll go in that direction, but it's it, do you know what I love. We don't know at the moment. It all depends, I think, doesn't it, on what Triple H thinks about the two the titles being unified. And if he wants them ununified, then that's a great way to do it. I think the majority of us want them separated again. I don't think it works having one type, major title holder in the company. Uh, I'd also get those tag team titles split as well. Um, oh, really? Would you? Yes, I think. I think if you're going to have two shows, they need two lots of champions on each show. Now, the other question is: the brand split is becoming less and less a thing now. Do you just run five hours of television with all the titles? Mm. I would do. I'd separate the Universal and WWE Championship. I keep the tag belts unified. I think because I don't think that they. Uh, I, well, no, I don't think they matter as much. I think you can get away with not having your tag champs on each show each week. You can sort of stack it that way. And on Raw, as we'll talk about later, they've done a great job with the US title. But no, I would I would keep them on the Usos, although I do have a little bit of fantasy booking on that to run by you a little bit later. What I love is we don't know, Charlie. We don't know what's going on in WWE at the moment. You have to watch because you don't know what you're going to see. And how long has it been since we've thought that? Oh, a long, long time. This is the most exciting WWE's been in years, absolute years. It, it, it's a brilliant time. We, just, we say all the time, it's a brilliant time to be a wrestling fan, and then it just becomes a better time to be a wrestling fan. 
but in a way that no one could have foreseen. No one at the start of this year, we came off the back in 2021 of CM Punk jumping to AEW, of Adam Cole, of Brian Danielson going to AEW, and we went, no way, no way 2022 can be as mad, as bonkers, as bizarre. And then we get, and we're only in August, Cody goes to WWE, Vince McMahon steps down, Triple H in charge of creative. It is just bananas. Yeah, it's... It's like we're living in a parallel universe that of fantasy and dreams. Someone's going to click their fingers and bring us back to real life soon, where Vince is going to be running six-man tags in the main event. Well, don't you, don't you wonder what would we would have been been getting if Vince McMahon was still in charge? Because I don't think we'd be getting carrying cross back. I don't think we would be getting uh, uh, Dakota Kai back. I don't think we would be seeing this vision, and I don't know what we would be feeling about WWE heading into Clash at the Castle. Yeah, I, I honestly think we'd be a bit like, oh, it'd be excited to see the show, but not too excited about the product. And now I'm very excited about the product and the stories coming into it. The good times continued on Monday Night Raw. It's been a while since we could say that, but two good Raws back to back. We saw a new vicious side of Kevin Owens as he decimated Ezekiel and cut a brilliant promo afterwards. A US title match that actually felt prestigious and the return of Dexter Loomis. Um... Let's talk about Loomis coming back, Charlie. Again, another person released from the main ro- from the roster we didn't think we'd see back. Loved the way they brought him back. Yeah, Triple H is getting the band back together, isn't he? Um, I love a bit of a mystery storyline that goes throughout a whole episode or a number of episodes of Raw. And yeah, again, Loomis wasn't one of my favourite NXT superstars, but I enjoyed what he did. He's a fascinating character. He's a proper character, isn't he? He's not a supernatural. He's just a bit of a creepy freaky guy and unfortunately there's enough of them in the world mm. so you can buy into it being real he looks great his presentation is great he's a very good in-ring wrestler when he wrestles triple h obviously is hot on him he pushed him hard nxt i imagine he won the main roster i'm all for it if he's presented in the right way there's fascinating storyline to be told with him i love the storyline going through the show there's a car crash in the back what's happening and i like the way it's sort of fed in to to other it felt organic it felt like there was a flow you got the bailey promo into this other thing it, it just sort of really worked well it felt different I saw someone on twitter being like we've got to talk about how unsafe car parks are when triple h is in charge because <laughs> obviously nxt was always there was always something going on in the car park there's obviously the rikishi stuff that he was massively involved with back in the day with Stone Cold. And now he's been in charge of three weeks at Raw and there's been a car crash. Yeah, 20 years ago, he took out Shawn Michaels in the car park. Triple H is not someone you'd want lingering outside your local quick fit. You would be worried, worried yeah. if you're in that situation. So we get Dexter Loomis back and then we see a reset on Kevin Owens. That, that Now this, this could be the most significant thing coming out of this Monday Night Raw. The savage side of KO is the best one. The the prize fighter, the the cheats to win, the uh, takes no prisoners. That is the best KO. So it looks like we're getting back to that. I reckon they've definitely written Ezekiel off so he can go and grow his beard again to yes. become Elias because <laughs> he's going to need a few months to do that. Or he um, gets a weird like wig, like when The Undertaker shaved his head and remember they sent him yeah, out that wig on Raw, he gets yeah. like a weird wig beard thing. Yeah, but either way, this is brilliant to have this KO back and make him a monster heel because we need it. We need someone running through that roster and Kevin Owens is the man and get him after the title, whether it's Roman, whether it's Drew, whether it's Carrion, get him after whoever the champ is. That promo backstage as well. I mean, just, I wonder how much of that was him just saying uh, Triple H to Kevin Owens, just talk, 
90 seconds just talk. It didn't feel scripted. It felt organic. And it felt like the kind of promo Kevin Owens had probably been dying to cut for such a long time. And look, is this what they should have done after the Stone Cold WrestleMania main event, which bizarrely we're sort of forgetting a little bit? Probably it should have been, but it's happening now. And that's amazing to see. Yeah, this is a brilliant KO. I'm excited to see how this moves going forward. Champa has become, in the space of a couple of weeks, must-watch on Monday Night Raw. Amazing US title match with with Lashley, and also a great promo paying tribute to Harley Race before that US title match, where Champa, for the second time probably in three or four weeks, just cut a promo that came right from his soul. And my God, it made that US title match feel prestigious. Yeah, that was the best and most important feeling US title match we've had for, I, I don't know when. I genuinely don't know since when, like, just with that little promo package last week and then qualifying matches to uh, compete for it, a fresh new talent on the main roster competing for it, Lashley looking like he feels a million dollars being the babyface champ. Like, you look how much that means to him. It all just felt great. Then a great match, the two of them delivered brilliantly. And that promo, as you said, Champa is making himself must see. These are the best promos I've seen him cut. That one with the Miz the other week was just sensational as well. So it's really exciting to see Tommaso Champa like this on the main roster. And he said the words, oh, sorry, he didn't. Corey Graves said the words, do it yourself about Tommaso Champa. Now, here's what I want to rhyme by you. Do we see Tommaso Champa at some point turn face in the not too distant future? Because if he is being as entertaining, as good as he is, he's going to have to. And do we see a return of DIY? Because I really feel that with Triple H at the helm, Gargano, what he may have been thinking when he left NXT, his thoughts will have changed. And wouldn't you love to see DIY reunite on Raw? And tell me you wouldn't want to see DIY against the Usos for those tag belts. Absolutely. Give me that. Get him back. Let's have DIY in, Gargano and Champ. Let's have them as the tag type champions. And then, you know what you do? Just run back Champ turning on Gargano like you did in NXT. Do it again. Do it again. It works. It's money. It's brilliant. Feed into the store out of it all. Just, just do it again on the main roster. I think what we could do with this, genuinely, assuming Gargano comes back, lots of ifs, buts and maybes, but if Gargano comes back... You do need to pair him with Champa, and then I would have the Usos against DIY at WrestleMania. Have yeah. that at WrestleMania. Make it your spectacle ladder match. Falls. Or two out of three falls, ladder match, no holds barred. Make that one of your because you've got two nights of WrestleMania. If you can't give DIY against the Usos half an hour and oh. have DIY win, because that I mean that is a huge WrestleMania moment. And who else out there can take the belts off the Usos at the moment? We don't say this enough. But how good are the Usos? Well, you say it enough because you've been banging that drum, the Usos and the New Days, for about three years at least. They're, they're just, I think I think because they're with Roman, they almost get underappreciated as Roman's acts. But the Usos are a generational tag team. They are outstanding. And this is, this is the best incarnation of them, this heel one. Yeah. Since they turned heel, they've been brilliant, but especially with Roman. Like face paint Usos were not were not that that important since they turned heel and then they had that uh, breakout feud with the New Day, but they're just yeah they're sensational. So I know I do go on about it, but they are they are brilliant. And yeah, give me DIY versus Usos, and then imagine going to things like DIY versus the New Day, like mm. things like that. We have not seen that'd be brilliant. 
and we could have it. We, we, we are now in this place where it was last year we were talking about Tony Khan having all the pieces together to do a, an undisputed elite versus Young Bucks feud. Now Triple H has almost all the pieces together that he needs to, to start pulling off some of these dream matches. Let's just briefly talk more about that US title match because this comes back to the unified world titles. As special as they made that US title match feel still didn't feel as special as having a world title or WWE title in that in that spot, did it? Yeah, it's not the WWE title. You can make it as prestigious as you want. It is an incredibly prestigious second title to the WWE title. And not having the WWE title on Raw is hurting Raw. I do think that. Yeah. One final thing on Monday Night Raw. Let's talk about gang warfare between Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss and Asuka against Bailey, Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Bailey cutting an in-ring promo to kick off Monday Night Raw. Stumbled a couple of times, but live TV, recovered, made it even better. No harm done there. Really, really interesting that this is where we're going at Clash at the Castle. Uh, another match sign, this six-woman tag match. Yep, I think it's brilliant, I think. It makes sense from how they came back at SummerSlam, the 3v3. It just, yeah, it seems to make sense. And it's highlighting six outstandingly talented women in a huge storyline and giving them 80,000 people going wild for them. I love it. I also love that we've got a uh, tournament for the women's tag team titles, make them feel prestigious. And do you think the winners are going to be faced down by Sasha Banks and Naomi? Of course I do. Of course I do. All the rumours, all the speculation is that's exactly what's happening. I'm going to ask you a question, and I don't want I don't want you to get your hopes up too much, but you missed NXT black and gold so much, so much. Is it possible that Triple H is slowly, slowly resurrecting the spirit of NXT black and gold on Monday Night Raw? I mean, it feels to me... Like, just pieces are being moved together. It's not going to be called NXT. It's not going to go black and gold. But the heart of what you loved about that show feels like it's coming up to Raw. Yeah, I hope so. Like I say, it'll never be honest. Like, you talk about, you used the analogy of the week of Triple H being a coach and going to another team and his players following him. When you go to a new team as a coach, you definitely put your stamp on the team. You put your, how you want them to play. But the club has its heart. The club has its culture. It has its ethos. So you mould because like Raw has its culture, Raw has its brand, Raw is sports entertainment, it's the red brand, it is that'll never change. But Triple H will put his ethos on it, his stamp of how he thinks the wrestling show should be run, how he sees wrestling done. And I don't imagine that will have changed from how he thought the best way to run NXT was. So, yes, I absolutely do believe with the man who was at the helm at the glory years of NXT at the helm of Raw and SmackDown now that we are going to see things that we recognise from those NXT years. I do think that, yes. And does it matter that he's not doing a carbon copy? Is it actually a more sensible thing for him to do? So I'm never going to try and replicate that because I'll never be able to. Let's let's take the best bits and make something new. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you just try and copy it de facto completely, it will not work. It's got to be its own thing. But you can take a lot of the blueprint and use it. So, final question before we talk some AEW. Is this the most exciting period to watch WWE since when? I mean, since when? WWE, not NXT, WWE. Probably since... Genuinely, this is a huge thing. Probably since the end of the Monday Night Wars. Oh, you're going as far back as that? Well, tell, tell me when you think it's been this exciting. When has there been a, such a seismic shift in the landscape that is going to change what happens on screen. 
Let's talk AEW Dynamite, which held its latest Dynamite special. Yes, another one. This time, The Quake at the Lake, headlined by Chris Jericho against Jon Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship, which featured the unexpected return of the world champion himself, CM Punk. Darby Allen ripped it up against Brody King in a coffin match. Andrade, El Idolo, and Roosh, not Rush, Roosh, uh, faced the Lucha Bros, plus an FTR return and lots more. But Charlie, the big story, Punk is back. Lots for us to discuss. Discuss. Um... <laughs> Don't roosh that, yourself with this. That will never stop being funny for me. Um, yeah, well, first of all, thank God it had a special name because we had one week of just dynamite and I didn't know what to do myself. So thank God it had a special name. I wouldn't have watched otherwise. <laughs> um, Can I just say on the special name, sorry to cut across you, did you spot in the special graphics they made Hook and Danhausen in the boat? No, I missed that. I'll have to go back and look at that. If you look at the sort of the titles they put up in the interim when it goes to break in the US <laughs> and they had the quake at the lake, bottom left corner, there's a little boat on the lake. And if you look in it, it's Danhausen and Hook and Danhausen is rowing Hook. That's excellent. I very much enjoyed that. I think that was just for me. If they could start putting them into all graphics, that would re- I'd really enjoy that. Like, where's Wally? Be- just Yes, yes. That would be very much very much my, my cup of tea. Um. Yeah, well, let's start with, obviously, Punk's back. Did not see that coming. That seems to be back quicker than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, big old statement by CM Punk to say, actually, I'm ready to return. Big pop as well. No one had forgotten. And Tony Khan does like to stack up these special shows yeah. um, with CM Punk returning. Great way to end a brilliant match between Mox and Chris Jericho, I thought. Yeah, the, yeah. so first of all, the match was outstanding. Uh, it was brutal. It was hard-hitting. He got the lion heart. It was, yeah, great, great match. Great finish. Um, Moxie's just barbaric, isn't he? He's just an animal. He's like a wounded animal just fighting all the time. So, brilliant match. And then, yeah, I love that Punk came to clear the ring of the JAS and then just stared down Uh, Mox, because of course he did. My one quip is I would have liked him to have his title with him. Yes. Do you you think they only have one title? Do they just have one belt? Well, this was what I was thinking, because I was surprised he didn't... Now, uh, you know, wrestling logic, he's running from the back, he's clearing the ring, why would you have ah, the belt over his shoulder? Logic ever, when's logic ever mattered in wrestling? If you're going to have that final moment of one champion versus the other champion, you do need both to have belts, and I did think the same thing, and what went through my mind was, maybe they've only got one, but I, I can't imagine that's right. No, so, yeah. That would be boring, especially after Jericho got it nicked that time. Never forget that. What a wild time that was. (laughs) Um, But moving forward, I thought everything else was sensational about it. And surely this goes for Arthur Ashe. When they are Arthur Ashe, is it next next month? Uh, They've got a couple of options. They've got All Out, which is coming to the Chicagoland area first. And then it's it's Arthur Ashe. Yeah. I mean, what I don't want to see is I don't want to see any of these guys go heel. And and I think Mox at the end, where he flipped off and shoulder barge past Punk. I think that was just Mox being Mox. That's but just, yeah, that's just him. That's just him. I don't want to see... I, I, this is one of the few mega faces versus mega face matches that AEW can do, and that's what I want to see. I just want to see these two huge superstars facing off. Okay. Not who do you think. Who do you want to win? I want Mox to win. I, I want Punk to win. Oh, do, okay. Tell me why you want Punk to win. Because I love Mox and he's been brilliant, but I want to see Punk as a world champion again. I want to see what CM World Champion CM Punk looks like again. Interesting. Whereas I, I think Mox has been so on fire that it's hard to. 
this is an analogy you'll know better than me, but sometimes your star player gets injured and you have to bring someone off the bench for a few games and they come in and they're doing so well in that slot that it's quite difficult then to drop them for the established player. And I sort of feel like Mox has stepped up to the plate and then some uh, in this position. And so I don't know. I'd, if he's not in that world title picture, what do you do with him? You clearly go and put him on the All-Atlantic title on him because it's that prestigious. <laughs> I mean, you're never going to forget the All-Atlantic title. No, someone's got to remember it because AW have forgotten it. So so here's the thing. Okay, so so you want Punk to win. Do you see... I mean, do you see a Punk turn in his future? Because, because Abs- what- Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, as champ, yeah. That's what, that's what I think would have happened through this summer. Punk would have been facey-face-face. He slowly turned. And then, because let's be honest, I think we all think the best CM Punk is heel CM Punk. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, interesting. Uh, do you know what? I just thought that spot where Jericho, and I don't know whether this was uh, special effects or some sort of blood capsule or whether this was just Mox being the unhinged guy he is, but when Jericho ripped out his earring in the match and held it up, I thought, blimey, that's brutal. Yeah, that was that was a tough watch. Is Chris Jericho the most underrated star in wrestling at the moment? Potentially, because everyone says, oh, he's been great, but he's still great. Like, he's still sensational. And he somehow made the JS work, which I was not hot on at all at the start, but it now just makes sense. He's reinvented himself again. I was just thinking, Jericho's in this main event position. He's been in the business for 30 years. 30 years. That's like in the year 2000, when the Attitude Era was at its peak, having a main event highlighted by someone who is main eventing in in 1970 i mean 30 years and yet he still goes out there and he can still go and i can't remember really many times where anyone's looked and gone uh, chris jericho's looking a bit old he's looking a bit tired i mean he had that one moment last year where he put on some weight and he started getting a little bit of stick and he didn't hit the lion's soul and then that's all gone he's still as as good as anyone yeah he doesn't seem to mr beat does he which is sensational is he's is he around the age of 50 yeah like it's sensational sensational Let's talk about someone else underrated. Is Darby Allen the most underrated guy on the AEW roster? Because that coffin match with Brody King was an excellent way to start the show. Yeah, start hot with a pretty barbaric hard hit. And it looked like this how AEW um, promoted it on their social, but it was true. It looked like scenes from a horror film, mm. some of that. When Brody is just covered in blood, like chasing down Darby. And then Darby sells being thrown over the barricade like no one I've ever seen. He sort of does like a 360 flip over it. It's it's, it's incredible. Um, it was a really, really good match. Then, of course, Sting was in the coffin. Of course, Sting was in the coffin. He, do you know what? Of course he was, and yet I didn't see it coming. I didn't yes, see it yeah, coming. Yeah, exactly that. It, I saw it open and went, ah, yes, of course he was. You, I was wondering what he does in there. And I don't mean the character Sting, but the guy Steve the Borden. I would love to know the, the technology or how they do it, or if they literally just say, right, Steve, in you get, in about 25 minutes, that's going to fling open and, and, and you're yeah. on. I reckon he's just on his phone and they're like playing Candy Crush or something. I did think that. Is he on his phone? Is he just doing something like that when he's in there? But we say it every time there's a sting angle. God, the man's over. God, the man's been booked well in AEW. God, he's doing... Yeah. Who knew when Malachi Black debuted at Road Rager last year that we'd be looking at Malachi Black staring down Sting and going, yeah, I'd, I'd take a bit of that. I also love that Sting just threw the bat at him. Like, come on then. Come on then. Are you mad enough to use the bat on me? I, I, yeah, 
it's fascinating. And when everyone knows how excited I was when Malachi came over to AW, if you said to me then, it's going to be Sting is going to be the feud that really brings to the forefront, I would have been like, shut up. No, but it's happening and I'm so here for it. I loved Sting's makeup where he was like, I see your gammy eye, Malachi, and I'm going to give it some of that as well. Um, I thought the chat between the Young Bucks and Hangman in the Dark Order was pretty interesting, but I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm as hyped about this trios tournament as I thought I might be. Is it just a symptom of too many belts? I think there's a lot going on. I think probably Punk's return has taken all our excitement. I think we'll start seeing some great trios matches and we'll, we'll be suitably excited. Yeah, I, I and here's my critique of Dynamite last night. I felt it was a great bookended show. Started really, really strong. Ended really, really strong. There was a lot of fluff in the middle. There was a yeah. lot of like just stuff where if you don't watch Dynamite, you're looking and you're going... Okay, now I'm caring about the factory and QT Marshall, and now I'm meant to care about you know. It, there was a lot of stuff going on. Like what? But what, what, like, you've just had Adam Cole mm. and his and his boys turn on the books, and then we don't follow it up. Why? Why would you not have something to do with that? Not, not in any meaningful way, shape, or form. A little set, you know. Okay, imagine wrestling logic. Okay, you you go to the ring with someone you reckon is your best mate and you want to win these titles together and you want to put the titles on the line and you want to defend them and then your best mates turn on you and they beat you up and the next week you get to TV, is all you're going to do a little handheld segment backstage where you flirt like flirt with Hangman Page? I mean, is, is that really what you're going to do? I, I would be saying, where are Adam, Bobby and Kyle? Yeah. I, I Excuse me, uh, Tony, our... Um... Adam, Bobby and Kyle here tonight because I'd like to absolutely batter them. And you see it in the Christian Cage Jungle Boy feud. You can see how Jungle Boy cannot wait to get his hands on Christian Cage. So you know it's there. But what, do the Young young Bucks not care they were beaten up? Did did the Undisputed Elite not want to cut a promo about it? Because if those guys don't care, why why do I care? Why am I bothered? Yeah, I I just can't believe you... That's a huge storyline that you break up the Undisputed Elite. Follow it up. Just just something. Just some sort of promo package, something like that, to make me go, oh, okay, that happened last week, and I care. Because you know they're going to want to tell that story again in the future. Why does Miro want to run through the House of Black, as he said in his promo last night? I've missed this. I... And again, I can't really tell you why this is going on. And who was the woman talking to him who touched him? And he's like... Only one woman can touch the Redeemer. Which, which if Who it, was she? I think it was Julia Hart. I'm not sure, but it might just be a randomer. Why? But who, right, okay. Who's Julia Hart? Julia Hart was the one who Malachi Black spit in the eye of with... Oh, and then right, she yes. turned and joined them, which is why I think it was Julia Hart who was doing the whole, you know, you have to embrace it, I've embraced it, that's what I've done. I don't really understand... Why they? I know there was a stare down a few weeks back, but look, if you and if I, any, if any listeners can tell us why Miro's so livid with the House of Black, please tweet us because I've completely missed it. Yeah, but I think that's a problem. Is you and I watch more than an average amount of wrestling, and also I'm going right. Okay, so Sting's feuding with the House of Black. Great. Okay, I'm on board with that. Give me that. Well, hold on. 
Now it's Miro. Now, if what we're heading to, which is, I think is where we're going, is to a six-man... Miro Sting and Derby against the House of Black. Yeah, that's a, where we're going, isn't a it? A patented Sting six-man all-out where yes. he will find something high to dive off. Then then fine. But I do think that just in terms of storytelling, a little too complicated, a little too, too tricky, and a little surprise that FTR didn't do more coming back just to come out and sort of support Wardlow. Why are they with Wardlow? Well, the pinnacle, remember? No. <laughs> what was right. that? What we need to do is we need to put you in a room with Tony Khan because you are who Tony Khan needs to attract in. You love your wrestling. You love the big bits, but it's too late. Do you remember MJF had a faction and Chris Jericho yes. had a faction and they feuded? MJF's faction was the pinnacle and it was Wardlow, FDR, Sean Spears, right. MJF. They had a blood oh, and guts, so man. Call back to that, have we? Yeah, well, but you wouldn't know because no one on commentary said it's the pinnacle back together again. It just was another one of those things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you now. I'm you, with you. You are who he needs to track down. You are. I want to. I want to enjoy it more. I want to. I like dynamite and I want to love it. And I just can't because I'm not 100 percent sure what's happening all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I don't want to do this to you, but before we do, earning the push and back to developmental. It must be said that the Cardiff weekend is beginning to shape up rather nicely. And it's beginning to shape up rather nicely because, look, here's, I'll let you into a secret. When Charlie uh, realised he couldn't make Clash at the Castle, he said, and The Undertaker's going to come out and something's going to happen. And I said, no, 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 it won't. And now they've announced an Undertaker one-man show for the night before, and you can't go. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, I'm so I'd, I'd like to very quickly move on from this because I'm very upset. <laughs> I'm so because I I saw it and I messaged it to you and I said, look, bless you. You text me like you can go go to this and I just said, Jack, I can't be out till whatever time the night before I play Harrison's, unfortunately. But um, no, no, Sam, what I'll do is I'll just pick it up on the network when they put it on the network. It'd be cool. I wish I wish there was like make a wish is the wrong word, but I wish there. <laughs> was... <laughs> I wish. Are you saying you wish that I get horribly ill so we can do a make a wish? No, I just, I just wish there was something I could do for you in this situation where there you are with the biggest wrestling event to hit the UK in 30 years and odds are you've now got a game. I wish there was some way we could help. What you can do, Jack, is you can go and really, really enjoy it. That's what you can do to help. Oh, my God. Now you do sound like you're dying. That's what someone, <laughs> that's what someone would say if in that situation. You enjoy it I'm without actually, me. Uh, look, I'm, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm having my wrestling match of my own here. You've yeah. see my right hand. I'm just going to show you. That's what's happening. It's in his mouth. I was going to so. say, for, list, for listeners at home, if Charlie sounded slightly distracted for the past couple of minutes, it's because Otto has decided to come out of his crate, make his way across, and wants to play with his dad. Is that right? I'm completely engaged in a wrestling match here, but it's okay. We can carry on. Okay. Well, well, luckily, we're at the point in the show where things begin to dial down, although it's everyone's favourite bit. We send oh, no, some... hang on. You had some, you had some fantasy booking with the Usos. I did that I'm intrigued with, by this. with the DIY. Oh, is that you did? Sorry, I thought you were going to make a big thing of it. Okay, no, yeah, I'm all for that. I'm all, all for, for that. that. Sorry. Excellent. Uh, let's send something from everyday life back to developmental. Let's give something the push. This is where things that annoy us are sent uh, to the developmental uh, part of the everyday world and things that we love uh, are given a big old push. First or second, Charlie? I'll go first this week. Probably best, given what you're dealing yes. with there. No, it's all good. Um, so my... Which is quite a serious one, actually. Uh, it is the Four Ed uh, Charity Foundation. So I don't know if everyone's this. Um, 
a good former teammate, former mentor, and good friend of mine, uh, Ed Slater, who's only 33, uh, Gloucester player, has been diagnosed with the hideous, hideous, hideous motor neurone disease. Uh, he's got a wife and three very young kids. Um, and obviously that does not give him long to live. It's um, it's hideous. It's very, very, very sad. This is what Doddy but, Weir, for folks who yes, maybe Doddy follow... Weir, Rob, yeah. And Rob Burrow, for any rugby league fans, have also got. Yeah. Um, but in true Ed Slater fashion, he's just facing it down with a smile and a brave look and thinking what he can do for everyone else. So he has started the 4Ed Foundation, uh, the number four, and then ED. Uh, and they've just finished yesterday, him and a few of the Gloucester lads, a 350-mile cycle in three days. And he did it, Ed, even though he's had the diagnosis. And they're aiming to raise £444,000 for both the MND Foundation and for Ed's family, because obviously they will need support when Ed's no longer around. So earn the push for me is just Ed and his family and the way they are dealing with this. And if you have even two or three pounds to spare, please go and find the uh, Just Giving page on their app for Ed on Instagram. The link's in the bio and donate wherever you can because I couldn't think of a more fitting man. So when I, when we started this show and I used to record for my old flat, Ed was my landlord. Oh, Ed, really? I actually helped uh, myself and partner out when we needed someone to live. They, they own a house of flats in Cheltenham and very much said at the time, no, mate, that, so he gave me a price for it. I was like, that's very cheap, Ed. He's like, no, mate, that's just what we charge. And I've since found out he very much helped us out with rent while we were getting on our feet, moving in our own place for the first time. So he's been a friend. He is a friend. He's been a great mentor, a great teammate of mine. So, yeah, that's my own. The push is just him and his family. Yeah. Uh, my Give it again. Then. It's a 4Ed Foundation. At 4Ed. Uh, uh, the 4Ed Foundation. And, yeah, they um, and then you can give to them would be amazing because it's just so, so sad. And my back to that mental is, you know, when you untie your laces oh, and God. you do it the same way you've always done it and it goes into a horrible knot and you can't undo it. That's my <laughs> back to that. It happened to me this week. It took me half an hour to undo my lace and it included getting the scissors out to try and do it. And I'm stabbing myself. I've got a cut on my thumb. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. So that's my back to that mental too. <laughs> I... Sorry, the dog just smashed into the computer. That is my uh, back to that mental this week. I, I'm going to do mine very quickly. It may be a slightly truncated no, show it's this fine. week. It's fine. It's, no, it's absolutely fine. We're not going to ruin this. You, what you, you, dog, are not going to do is ruin this for the listeners. I don't know. We've been out for almost an hour this morning, so I don't know where this energy has come from. He's not ruining it, but, but for listeners at home, what Charlie is doing is manfully trying to do this conversation. As every so often, Otto's face will appear on the screen, the microphone will move it's like charlie's being circled by a shark and every so often it just breaches and goes out um my earning the push i feel like i should give it to ed myself but i will uh, go in a slightly different direction uh, i'm gonna give the tv show blackbird on apple plus tv uh, oh yes you've been talking about this a lot this week so good it's not normally my type of thing if you like crime dramas if you like serials that type of thing it's only about six episodes find a way to watch it blackbird uh with taron edgerton and paul walter hauser an amazing psychological real prison-based thriller not my type of thing at all taron edgerton is great because he is in everything but this paul walter hauser guy is absolutely fantastic so i'd recommend that right up your street charlie yes you've said it's meant to be brilliant who taron edgerton's brilliant who is this paul walter hauser have i seen him anything or is he new uh, he's been in stuff but nothing i've watched before but from the moment he appears on screen and i don't want to give too much away but the moment he appears on screen you think blimey this guy is, is a chilling chilling person and not in an 
supernatural, evil, evil, isn't he evil way, but in a proper, like, oh my goodness, this guy, this guy is horrible. And it's based on a true story, but Blackbird is earning the push. Back to developmental for me, Sunburn. I'm usually quite good Ooh, at avoiding it. Burnt, Mr. Murley? Burnt on the shoulders, went kayaking uh, on Tuesday, lovely day, out kayaking, put suntan cream everywhere apart from the shoulders, didn't realise... Nice red ruby raw feeling on the shoulders. So, uh, being being a bald man who's of ginger complexion, sun cream is my best friend. What factor are we going for? Fifty, always fifty. Factor Don't fifty. Don't mess about. Just get fifty up. That's Just what I've got. Factor 50 yeah. is what I'm on as well. Uh, well, look, it's been a busy show. We've had uh, unexpected appearances from Otto. We mind that Sorry, not at all. He'll be going his crate next week. I <laughs> thought I'd give him a chance to be out and about. And he's, the first 40 minutes, he was great. I know he's absolutely ruined it for himself. My I, hand is the mangled. I mean, to be fair, you love him to bits and you wouldn't have him any other way. I wouldn't, but I can't wait for him to be less of a puppy. He's only seven months old. He's just enormous. <laughs> You've got a little bit of time to wait on that. Look, we'll yes. wrap this one up now. On behalf of Charlie and myself, thank you for listening. Rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. And we'll see you next time on Earning the Push when we'll do it all again. But for now, we are out of time. So bye-bye. Mm-hmm.